That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high quality naturopathic doctor designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. All right, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. David Miller here, ND. What's up, Michelle Pobega, ND? Hey, Dave. It's so nice to, to be back on track with our recordings, and we have an awesome guest today. Double meaning, back on track. Back right? on track. Well, we're recording a track here. Oh, got it. I'm a little yeah, slow. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, guys. Sorry. I hope I got get it together. We have a really important guest, Pobega. Was you got um, mold in you got mold in your brain or something? I might have some brain fog from mold. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna I'm gonna start inspecting my home once once this guy gives us a few tips and tricks. So today we have the the man, the myth, the legend known as the mold guy. Uh, he is dedicated to performing mold inspections specifically for hypersensitive individuals with complex health issues like SIRS, which stands for chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Syndrome, Lyme's disease, autoimmune conditions, etc. He founded this company in 2005. We have the leader, uh, Mark Levy, with us. Uh, after he started making some very simple observations, uh, he created this company that because dealing with mold contamination is very overwhelming and scary, and he would get flooded with a lot of questions about what the person living in the home has to do. Will it make them sick if they have mold? Do they have to leave? Um, and thankfully, we've gotten to a stage where mold is no longer a conspiracy theory. Um, but he has found that the stress and uncertainty that just comes along with a mold problem is probably just as big of an issue as the mold itself, because it causes a lot of stress in people. So we're here to clarify some things for our listeners and our audience. And we're really thankful to have you on the show, Mark. Thanks for coming along. Oh, thank you for having me. I really uh, am looking forward to talking with you and uh, sharing uh, my uh, knowledge about mold and other biotoxins and uh, just ready to go. Okay. Awesome. Well, like, like I was telling, I was telling the mold guy before we got recording here is that I'm scared of mold. Like I, I feel like as a fairly decent naturopath, um, you know, I, I run away from mold cause it's like, it's overwhelming in, in so many, so many, uh, senses. So maybe, maybe, uh, Mark, you could just sort of, uh, 
give give a little background as to like what what were what were the steps that led to you getting in to be the mold guy? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so uh, I actually reinvented myself uh, about twenty years ago, and um, uh, I was in the telecommunications industry for many years. Had a great career. I have an identical twin brother. Uh, his uh, career was very much similar to mine, and we got caught up in the uh, the implosion of the uh, iTech industry back then. And so um, my brother uh, knew of an individual that was doing mold inspections, and he was really intrigued. So he ended up uh, shadowing him, and uh, as he was going through and doing the shadow, he was really uh, impressed with uh, the whole idea of being able to understand what mold uh, is really all about and how it could impact uh, people from a health perspective. So he's decided to uh, go ahead and uh, do various types of certifications and get more knowledgeable about it. And then one day he got a client and go, wow, Steve, you figured out how to make money in the mold business. So I actually ended up uh, following suit and we uh, ended up becoming uh, mold inspecting uh, type companies. He had his own separate company on the East Coast, uh, Certified Mold Inspections, and I had uh, created the Mold Guy uh, in, actually in California. And so we were uh, your typical mold inspection company. We were out there basically looking for mold and trying to help people identify areas of issues. And what we came to understand is that a lot of our clients ended up having much more uh, serious types of uh, health issues than what you may be familiar with, like headaches or certain allergies or watery eyes, things of that nature. We were dealing with people that had very much debilitated type of uh, issues. And so as we sat down and we talked about this, we said, you know, it really would be very helpful for us to be able to understand what these people are going through. And at that time, this is well over 10 years ago, my brother and I saw this uh, article in one of the trade journals for the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, and it was about mold and toxicity and what it does to the human body. So we said, man, this sounds amazing. So we actually flew to Phoenix and we went into this workshop and this workshop uh, had about 120 doctors that were sitting there and they were just presenting mold and toxicity, what it does to the human body and how it impacts people and how people are actually being misdiagnosed in reference to various types of diseases. And so uh, as we were just sitting there, just amazed at all this information that was flowing to us, Finally, during the breaks, the doctors would come up to us and they said to us, so tell us, where do you guys practice your medicine? And we said, well, we're not doctors. They go, well, what are you doing here? And we <laughs> explained to them that we are indoor environmental companies. And what we do is that we provide very detailed information about what's going on within people's homes so they can understand if they have a mold problem, what they need to do to correct it and have labs that really give them an indication of what they're being exposed to. And they said, wow, we need you guys. And we said, exactly, that's why we're here. We're here to bridge the field with the, uh, the medical community. And that's really where our business took off. Uh, our business is one where uh, we started out as mold inspection companies, but today we are really what we would call thought leaders. We're, we're paving the way for a whole really new approach that really is very much needed within our industry. Uh, and I will tell you that what's very interesting is, is that we 
have an epidemic of sick homes and sick buildings. And unfortunately, people are walking around, they're feeling a certain way and they don't know why. Many of these individuals may think that they're maybe stressed out or they're getting older or, or life is just getting to them. But at the end of the day, what we're finding out when we're being brought into their homes is that they're being exposed and they're being exposed to these hidden contaminants, these biotoxins that's actually impacting their health. And so what we did is that we actually started to work with a lot of different doctors. And what's really interesting about our business today to where it was before, and what's really uh, kind of likened to what you do is that you really are a um, medical practitioners that actually are functional doctors that actually look for what the source is and trying to overcome and identify where those sources may be and really do whatever you can in terms of understanding the whys and the hows of why people are getting sick. Well, that's still very similar to what we do. We actually come in and we look at these homes from a very holistic perspective. And what really helps us is that we have a very complex uh, type of client base. And that client base is very demanding. As you probably are aware with your client <laughs> patient base, they're very demanding because what happens many times, and we know this, is that a lot of your patients is, have been looking for you guys for years, and they haven't really been able to have doctors, practitioners that can really help them understand what's going on. Well, the same thing holds true with us. Uh, as we come into their homes, the most important thing for us is to really understand what's going on with them. Not that we're medical doctors, but to understand if they are sick, is there this? Is there a possibility that their home is making them sick? Mm -hmm. And then once we understand that, we understand that uh, they have uh, been having issues, then we start talking about the history of their home. And that's the key thing. The history is everything in terms of really mm -hmm. trying to understand what's going on within a particular type of home. So that's where it all begins. It begins with really understanding our uh, client base. We know that we deal with people that are the most sensitive form of individuals that you can think of. These are people that have SIRS, they have uh, certain types of Lyme issues, they have upper respiratory issues. Hashimoto's, uh, neurological issues, you name it, the list goes on and on and on. So it's very complex, it's very demanding. And what we've learned is that a lot of the biotoxins that we're finding within these homes actually are triggers to, the, to these particular uh, issues that they're dealing with. And not everyone in the home will have it, right? Like that, that's, you were sort of alluding to that with some of the sensitivities, like what, what's your experience in sort of looking at a home, say a family of five people or whatever? Are they all sick? Are some sick? Like, what do you guys sort of, sort of see? What a great question. And this is what makes it so uh, difficult for people to handle is that you can have one individual within the home and they're actually impacted and the rest of the occupants are not even having anything in terms of any kind of symptoms. And that, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, is extremely common. And it's unfortunate because this is what really creates the difficulty from the standpoint of the per person that's actually being impacted to the ones that are not. Mm -hmm. Really, to understand if you have a mold illness or to, go, or to understand what it's like to have mold illness the best way to explain it is, is the only way that you can really understand it is to go through it yourself. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that these people feel much of the, of the standpoint of being on an island. 
they feel like um, a lot of their family, their friends, their doctors actually don't understand them. They don't believe mm -hmm. them because uh, there's other people that are in the home that are not reacting the same way. And that really, from a neurological perspective, it really creates a lot of problems. And many times we're seeing, unfortunately, people that are so debilitated, they're bedridden. Uh, they uh, now uh, have uh, their doctors or maybe their family members or friends say that it's all psychological, it's in their head, it's, it's not something that they're really going through physically, it's more of a mental thing. So mm -hmm. the uh, ability for them to have the right type of resources around them is very limited and it's very unfortunate because these people really need to have a group of uh, resources that are centered around them to help them understand what's going on. And that's where you come in. That's where we come in, because at the end of the day, uh, what we're doing is, is that we're helping them validate and really uh, vindicate themselves from the standpoint that there are problems in their home and it's making them actually sick. Mm -hmm. So such like that was a great question, Dave, because you see that all the time. I mean, I'll see people who are like, well, how come I have mold? but I live in the same house as everybody else. Like how come they aren't mm -hmm. affected the same way as me? And it's, it's just so interesting. It really is about, it just goes back down to the terrain that Dave and I have talked about in other uh, episodes. And it's just the strength of one's person's ability to like detox, to, you know, to, to, to kick in its stress response in a healthy manner. All these different things are going to play a massive role in why someone expresses symptoms. I want to get into something mm -hmm. you mentioned. You said it's really about the history of the house. Um, can you, start to maybe educate our audience about what are the areas, what are like red flags that you might uh, see when it comes to the, like the house's history um, or where are the most common areas to start to suspect mold? If you, if you are thinking about this and how would we start yeah, to begin that absolutely. procedure? Before I do that, I want to step back a little bit because sure. you brought up a really good point, Michelle, about how people react because everybody reacts differently when it becomes some type of mold exposure or biotoxin type of exposure. It's all based on your genetics. So genetically, we're, we're different. Uh, even though myself and, and Dave here, we're, we're men, we're genetically uh, built differently. And so genetics plays a key role, your current health position. And really, those are the things that are going to really determine how people are going to respond. You're absolutely right when you talk about the fact that certain people may be responding differently. And, and what we find is, is that the ones that have genetic uh, predispositions or the ones that actually have certain types of uh, underlying health issues are the ones that are being impacted the most. So getting into what we look for, the, the, the most important thing that we would like to get people to understand is really the history of your home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that could be really difficult because the history of a home might be a home that could be 100 years old. So how do you know all the mm -hmm. different years and all the different events that have occurred throughout that time? You really don't. And so what you really want to do is that you really want to be able to take a look at your home from the standpoint of moisture issues. That's the number one thing that really I would get people to focus on. Have you had any, for example, water intrusion issues or any kind of water leaks or anything that uh, would create an event that you basically went ahead and corrected the water source, but you didn't correct the issue that was resulted from it. In other words, the water damage itself. Because what happens many times is that mold it's very much 
it's ubiquitous, first of all. I mean, mold is everywhere. And this is one of the problems that we have is that because it is, and it's been with us for millions of years, people don't think it's a major issue. But what happens is that a home, it's like a living, breathing system. Just like a human being, it has its own indoor microbiome. So it's all based on different types of complex, different microbes that are there that actually create your microbiome. And when that microbiome actually has water damage or some type of mold growth or bacteria growth, there becomes an imbalance. And that imbalance within the home makes your home an unhealthy home. So the key thing is, is to understand that if you had a water event, where was that water event caused from? Has it been properly corrected? And were the areas that where the water touched, in other words, were saturated or created water damage, has that been taken care of? Because what happens is that when the water goes away, the mold doesn't go away. You may see certain types of signs, for example, staining or paint peeling or buckling, separation of building material, but those don't register that there's a mold problem. I will say to this, I will say this that it is more likely than not that when you have staining and buckling and damage that's there, that you have hidden mold behind that particular area. Mm. And the problem with mold is that there's two sources of contamination. You have the physical growth of the mold itself. Sometimes you see it, but most of the time it's inconspicuous. You don't see it. It's, it's behind the walls. It's in cabinets. It's under carpet. So it's called hidden mold. It's something that you're just not aware of. Or you may even be looking at something that looks unusual in terms of its substance, and you don't even register that it's mold. It could be color variations. It could be white. It could be yellow. It could be pink. It could be many different types of variations, depending upon the type of mold and species that it happens to be. And what happens is that people just don't register that that's a mold problem. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is the what I call the byproducts. The byproducts are the secondary type of contaminants like the spores, the fragmentation, and these toxins that become airborne. They traverse through the air and they settle throughout. And as they settle throughout, actually they're settling through these dust reservoirs. So the dust now becomes the enemy. The dust is really harboring all these contaminants. And as you go through day-to-day mm. -day type of routine and you're walking through and you're doing the certain things that you're doing, they become resuspended in the air and they get into your breathing zone and they impact your breathing zone. So that's the main crux of what's really causing problems when it comes to the types of, of uh, people that are actually being exposed. It's the secondary contaminants of those spores and fragmentation toxins that they're being exposed to in the dust. So the point I'm bringing out is, is that the key thing that you want to do when you have a, a water issue is that you want to tackle that as quickly as possible. You want to bring in companies that are restoration companies that can dry it out as quickly as possible. Because when you have a water event, the true primary colonizer in a water event, it's not mold. It's actually bacteria. And bacteria really? can grow within hours so quickly that it can multiply to a point where as the water goes away, then these particular types of microbes start to die off. And there's certain types of bacteria, whether it be gram-negative bacteria, 
are gram-positive bacteria that can actually have biotoxins that are associated with it. For example, gram-negative bacteria produces what we call an endotoxin. You may be mm -hmm. familiar with that term endotoxin, mm -hmm. and the endotoxins can actually wreak havoc on your upper respiratory system, your GI system. So it's something that you really want to be able to understand. The other thing too is, is that the actinobacterium, which is another form of bacteria, is very common in water damaged buildings and it grows hand in hand with mold and characteristically very similar to mold. It can sporulate, it can actually uh, produce certain types of biotoxins and the immune response very similar to that of mold hmm. exposure. So you're not just looking at mold problems when you have a water event. A water event, actually, you have to pay attention to the type of water that it is. You've heard the term, oh, it was clean water versus gray water or black water. Well, those are actually differentiated types of water events that you want to pay close attention to. The clean water, I would argue there's no such thing because once <laughs> it hits the ground, it's already dirty, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes gray water and it's going to become a problem because it's now going to carry certain contaminants that could be the health issue. As that water starts to age and degrade and so forth, it becomes black water. And now you're dealing with even more types of contaminants that can be the health issue. So that's why dealing with these water events is so critically important and really dealing with them fairly quickly. Those are the things that you want to keep in mind. And those are the types of things that can occur if it's not being done appropriately. Many people think that when they correct the water source and the water goes away and it dries up, that everything's fine, but that couldn't be any further from the truth. Hmm. Is there a way to test for the bacteria in addition to the mold? Is that because I wouldn't have thought about a bacterial growth in addition to a mold growth. I've only ever like thought, okay, there might be mold there because of, you know, that was an interesting thing. I've never, it's never occurred to me. Absolutely. And we actually, that's one of the things that differentiates our company from a lot of the other companies that are out there. I do want to uh, bring up a point that what happens when you're dealing with many companies in terms of mold inspection companies, even mold remediation companies, they're very cursory at best. And what they're doing is, is that they're looking at really trying to just see if they can see something that's there and then test the air to see if it's impacting the environment. And one of the things that's happening quite often when you do testing is that the testing that they do for mold is actually typically air samples. And mm -hmm. they take those air samples, they compare them to the outdoors. And what they're looking for is that your indoor counts to be equal to or less than to what you find in the outside. And the various mold spores are similar in nature. So if they see that the molds are similar to the outside and that they're uh, basically are uh, really low in terms of concentration, they're gonna tell you there's, there's not a problem, it's there. I will tell you this, that in itself is a problem because when you do air samples, it's a snapshot in time. It's a small collection period, anywhere between five, five minutes to maybe 10 minutes, and it's going to give you a false sense of security. So what we tell people that you want to do is that you want to look for the source of where the mold actually is harboring. Because if you're doing an air sample in the middle of a room and you're getting certain types of contaminants that you're picking up, how do you know where that is? 
you don't, right? So you really have to look for the footprints. And when you look for those footprints, it's the staining, it's the paint peeling, it's the buckling, separation of building material that's really giving you the guidance of where the source areas are going to be harboring. And what we typically recommend to do is to sample those areas where you see the damage because that's where it's harboring. And then once you validate that, then you're going to actually be able to set up an appropriate strategy to remove that particular mold that's there. Now, getting back to your question about bacteria, we definitely test for bacteria because it's a secondary type of, of uh byproduct that becomes airborne, as we talked about, and we use the dust throughout the home to be able to look at the microbial load. So when you're looking at, for example, source areas of where mold is located, it's not just isolated and, and fixed to that particular area. As these molds and, and, and as, as well as bacteria goes through its life cycle, they release their uh, secondary uh, byproducts. And as they do that, they become airborne and they traverse through the air and settle throughout. Through our technology, and this is what differentiates us, is that we're able to use technology like DNA. We're able to use other types of, of methods, uh, first-gen type of uh, technology that helps us identify not only the mold and the species of molds, but also the bacteria and the species of bacteria that's in the environment as well. So now you could take the uh, entire sampling method that we do where we're focused on validating where the mold is, looking and testing the uh, various types of dust reservoirs throughout the home. And now you're looking at your home from a holistic perspective and we're giving you labs that show you what types of molds and species molds and bacteria and species that are there. So you could see if this has anything to do with the, what's going on from a health perspective. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's, and this is one of the things that when we talk to doctors, why doctors really love bringing us in because number one, we understand their patient. We understand what we have to look for. And when you do testing clinically, you could test for certain types of molds and you yeah. can also test for certain species mm -hmm. of molds that are there as well as mycotoxins. I know you guys are probably familiar with mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are actually secondary metabolites. They're an actual chemical that are produced by certain mold species thus the term toxic mold. So you could test somebody clinically to see if they have any kind of mycotoxins in their system. And then we can actually test their environment to see if it's in their environment and to see if there's any type of link between what's going on with them from a clinical perspective to what's going on within their home. Mm -hmm. well, it's, it's really cool because it, it does align with, you know, being a naturopath. What we've talked about on the podcast for a long time is, is that you have to have a good assessment of whatever you're dealing with if it's your patient or it's the home so it sounds like you know having a really high-end assessment of what's going on is going to be critical to knowing what's going on and then what to do um so yeah we were aligned in that too mark and i just want to ask what what happens so say say you find um say you find that there's mold uh what like and someone's got symptoms so they probably come to you because they've got symptoms what's the next step? Like, does, do you, is remediation? Like, I, that's the other thing I always wonder about with mold is like, if you got mold in your home and it's not just localized to like a really small 
area of the bathroom or or whatever. What do you do when when it's a big problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, you know, first off, uh, when you do have a mold problem, you have to keep in mind that a home is a living, breathing system. So through air movement, pressurization, you're going to have those contaminants spread throughout the home. And likewise, many people have heating and air conditioning systems that are basically uh, centralized systems that are pulling in the air. And as it pulls in the air, it actually perpetuates the redistribution of these particular contaminants throughout the home. So these are things that people don't even uh, think about when it comes to a mold problem. The number one thing to do, and this is the most critical thing, is to correct the moisture source, making sure that the moisture source has been corrected. And, you know, that could be many different things, depending upon where it originated from and what the cause happened to be uh, as far as the water loss is concerned. But once that's done, then you're going to establish the area of where the mold actually resides. We talked about these source areas. So it's really the extraction and it's the removal of the mold itself. And you wanna make sure when you do that, that you do it under appropriate guidelines. Because what happens many times is that you have people that bring in handymen or they bring in contractors. And these contractors say, look, you know what? I've dealt with mold before, it's not a big deal. All you need to do is just uh, have me come in, I'll pull out the material and we'll just throw bleach on it and we'll call it Mm. a day. That's the worst thing that you can do. Because think of it like this. Anytime you start to remove the building material, it's creating so a uh, type of uh, disruption. It's like at, a, at the microbial level, it's an atomic bomb. Think about mm. it that way. You have all these different types of, of particles that are actually becoming airborne, and now they're spreading throughout the home, and they're actually cross-contaminating the house. And that's the biggest factor that we find a lot is that people are bringing in handymen or maybe even uh, certain types of uh, contractors that are saying, look, I dealt with it before, it's not a big deal. And what they're Mm -hmm. overlooking is they're overlooking that secondary contaminant that's now spread throughout the home. And that's really what these guys are actually being exposed to. So how do you correct that? Well, it's number one, removing where these source areas are. And how do you know that there's source areas? You, you really want to test, right? I'm a big believer in testing, especially because I have clients that are very sensitive. And it's very important for clients to understand if there is mold, what kind of mold it, that's there. So mm-hmm. we always are going to test and we're going to use technology that enables us to validate that there's mold, but more importantly, to be able to understand the species because it's the species of the molds that actually determine the opportunistic nature of what certain molds can do, right? Mm-hmm. All molds in themselves are known allergens. Certain molds actually are pathogenic. Others are toxigenic. They produce the mycotoxin that we talked about. So if I'm finding molds that has certain species that are there that produce mycotoxins, the cleanup effort is going to be much more tedious in terms Mm. of the way that we're going to go about making the recommendation, especially if we're dealing with people that have hypersensitivity issues or underlying health issues. The problem that we have in our business, just like what you're seeing in yours, is that there's a very cursory way of trying to create solutions that are not really fit for the hypersensitive or the person that has these underlying health issues. The standard of care is so much higher. 
When we go into homes, we spend hours going through people's homes, understanding where certain areas of issues may be, logging those areas, making recommendations in terms of validation of the samples to make sure that those are molds or other types of contaminants that are there. And when we're able to do that, we take and collect that data. And as we collect that data, we're able to give them an understanding of the full impact of their home, what they're being exposed to, and now give them a report that outlines every single, single step that they need to do to remove the mold and clean the home in its entirety. Once you remove the source areas, then what you want to do is that you want to take a look at the ventilation system to make sure that the ventilation system has been properly cleaned, as well as the contents within the home. And then you do a complete home cleanse to remove the dust. The dust is the number one enemy when it comes to any kind of uh, home that has uh, certain types of mold exposure or, or biotoxins. So to the extent that you're able to extract the dust and remove the dust, essentially what you're doing is that you're removing your fungal toxic and microbial load in the home. And, the more, so that you cool. and the more that you do that, the more your home is going to be a healthier type of home that's going to be more acceptable for you. Keep yeah, your homes no, clean, a, people. Dust, yeah, dust, dust. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a nice take home for anyone, right? Even if you're, if you're not suffering yeah. from from this, like a, in a really uh, you know gross manner, then that's a great take home. And I'm I just looked up your your Instagram, um, the mold guy, and uh, oh, and I saw followed by Emma Green at home. Emma, uh, we interviewed Emma. I think her last name's Greenaway, and she's a she was a engineer who turned into a kind of like. Um, I don't know how to, yeah, she's very, she's very uh, involved in figuring out how to keep your house, you know, minimize toxins. And that was mm. the same, she said one of the same things, Mark, which was dust. And she, I don't think she ever specifically <clears throat> said about being a reservoir for, uh, for mold, but that's very interesting that you, you sort of come to the same conclusion. Dust is a big, big factor. Yeah, that dust, makes is, me... dust is huge. Yeah. So that makes me think like, a cluttered home is also going to be more of a reservoir for it. Cause also if you're cluttered home, you're probably also not going to necessarily see possible sources of mold. If there was some kind of contamination, blah, 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 blah. I'll get my words together. Some kind of contamination. <laughs> Tongue twister that day. is such a, that is such a, <laughs> that's such a great point because I tell people all the time, I can walk into somebody's home. Actually, I could look at the outside of a home and I could tell you if a home is sick or not. You can, you could just see, right? X-ray vision. It's not the X-ray vision. It's just the experience of the eyes looking at how things are being managed from the standpoint of moisture. Because when you look at these homes, what you want to do is that you want to not only just correct certain things, but you want to prevent certain things on an ongoing basis, right? And so the, the most important thing to do is to look at the outside of the home because the building envelope needs to be protected. So when you have certain things like you have a lack of a gutter system or you have water that's able to migrate towards the home and make its way into your basement area or into the crawl space area, these are going to be areas that are going to impact the home. And as we talked about earlier, a home is a living, breathing system. So whatever outdoor influence that's being brought into the home from a moisture perspective that's getting underneath it, and into the building envelope is going to impact that home 
in a way that it's going to cause problems down the road. So it's all about the prevention of really managing the moisture, beginning on the outside of your home, making sure that these things are properly sealed, properly directing water away from the home, and then coming in and doing the things that you need to do, like you said, with the clutter. I can go, I can walk into somebody's home and there's there's clutter all over the place. I told people, you know what? We're we're just known rat packs. That's what we do, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we like to collect things mm -hmm. and we think that we're missing out. But here's what I tell people, and I will tell you time and time again, we're all made up of energy. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. And when you start to let go of things, I got to tell you, when I did that, I had certain types of relief that just came off of me that was unbelievable. Here, and, so, <laughs> and, and so, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, is that when you look at your home, the clutter is definitely going to be a, a source of, of an area that needs to be reckoned with. It's definitely a lifestyle change because people need to realize that changing your mentality holding on to things, keeping things is difficult to let go. But what I'm here to tell you, it's a personal experience. And I know other people have experienced the same thing. When you let go of things, boy, there's a release that feels fantastic. Not only that, you brought up a great point, Michelle, about when you have clutter, you can't see what's going on beyond the clutter. Mm -hmm. And look, look underneath inside your cabinets or in your closet areas. And that's kind of a frightening sight because if you can't see what's going on in areas where you have uh, water sources like plumbing and so forth, there's a good chance that there could have been something that has happened there that you're not even aware of. And now you're being impacted in a way that you weren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. I ask a, a, another question. What about things like attics and crawl spaces and also insulation? We had a problem at our house once and it was because the insulation completely was worn down or I don't even know if our attic was properly insulated in the first place and moisture started to develop with the temperature changes in between our walls. And my boyfriend was happened to be, um, before we moved into this space, was looking in one of the closets and found a patch of mold and we had it tested and you know, everything was done as, as, as well as I knew back then, I might have to re mm. reevaluate that situation now, <laughs> but, um, and we kind of had to look after it. And a big problem was lack of proper insulation, which allowed temperature changes and then moisture growth. So I, th that it's like our attics and crawl spaces. I imagine those have a more impact, a bigger impact on our house than we realize. And it's not always a leaky pipe. You know, that's a great point that you're bringing up because uh, in Canada, I would imagine you have quite a bit of basements, right, in terms of uh, things being subgrade. And when that uh, is built that way, what happens is that you can have moisture that could seep into the foundation walls and actually start to uh, make its way into the basement area and cause problems to the point where you may not see these because a lot of people either have built basements in terms of uh, kind of like putting up walls and so forth, or they may even just store a lot of things that are down there. But what happens is that the more moisture that's underneath the home, it starts to vaporize. And as it vaporizes, now you have higher relative humidity. The high relative humidity actually can cre uh, create the growth of mold. And so your belongings that are down there now become compromised. The other thing too is many times the uh, heating and air conditioning system is located 
either in the basement area or in your attic. And when you have a problem in your basement or even in the attic area and you're utilizing the system itself, it's actually pulling in. It's like a vacuum. So as it pulls to regenerate the air, to recycle it throughout the home, it's actually pulling from the area that it's housed in mm -hmm. because it's not 100% sealed, right? right? So that in itself makes it a problem. So the basements and attics, 98% of basements are gonna have some type of problem when it comes to moisture issues. And then if you have a problem in your basement, you're gonna have a problem in your attic because mm -hmm. everything starts to flow upwards through normal air convection. And as that heat starts to rise and pushes things up into your attic area, it's carrying all the different contaminants. And now it's impacting your, uh, your attic area as well. So when we talk about remediation, it's not just about looking at the area of where you think it is. It's about looking at your home and looking at it from a holistic perspective and really validating those areas that they are impacted so people can see that and then do the appropriate remediation to uh, actually uh, clean it in a manner where it's going to be a healthier environment for you. Mark, I have a, I have a couple of questions that I, I wanted to ask earlier, but I, I'd like to get them out if I can. And and the one was, um, and they're related. So, so the one was, who are the type of people that are seeking you out um, for for your help uh, with what you do with your expertise and then the other one related to that is like who are the people that are not seeking you out that you think should that's an awesome question by the way and I say that because we're not for everybody and what I mean that by that is is that there is a um, a mindset that's out there, whether it comes from the allopathic medical community or whatever it may be, that mold is nothing more than an allergen. Mm -hmm. And so you got a lot of people that are out there that think that mold is not an issue. And all you need to do is to basically throw bleach on it, paint over it and call it a day. Um, that's not our client base. Our client base is not going to be a um, individual that is actually maybe a uh, an owner that wants to rent to somebody and make it a situation where they're just going to be covering things up, right? We are looking for, and, and, and at the end of the day, our client base, as I mentioned earlier, very complex. They know who we are. They find us because we're being referred by doctors. We're actually being referred by other uh, types of individuals that have gone through uh, various types of health issues. So the people that really understand what we do, they see the quality of the work that we do. They know that, number one, that the standard of care that we provide is so much higher than what's being done in the field today. They also realize through their own research, because a lot of the people that are out there, what they need to understand is that self-advocacy is so important. Mm -hmm. Being able to really start to learn about what mold does and how it impacts you from a health perspective is extremely important, but also how does it impact my home and what do I need to do to correct the things in my home so that I can live a healthier lifestyle? You're not going to learn that just by talking with other people because I'm one man's opinion, and I guarantee you, you're going to have a bunch of other opinions that are not even close to the opinions that I have. But I will tell you this, what we have done is that we have created a methodology that is so comprehensive 
and the way that we go about testing homes to identify the full impact of a home, that it is really basically really a problem in that house. In fact, many times when we're brought in, we're brought in years later and they've had maybe two, three different types of companies that were there that said they didn't even have a problem or they've had remediation that they've already had done. And what has come about is that 100% of the time we're finding problems. And it's because of the fact of we're going in there and doing the due diligence and the detail. The, 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 the attention to detail is so, so important, which is something that is very much often overlooked you got a lot of companies that are out there that just do things from a cursory perspective. And that is just giving people a false sense of security. So who's looking for us? It's the people that are sick, that have these health issues. And I can't tell you time and time again, Dave and Michelle, how many clients start to break down in tears because they finally found us. And then we've been able to identify that there's a problem and their family members, their doctors, people that they're surrounded with never really understood what was going on with them, didn't believe them. And now we're coming in and we're finding problems in their home. And now we're being able to give them the results that really vindicates what's been going on with their uh, their health issues. It must give them a sense of hope and being like, okay, this actually can change now, which is probably a massive relief for these people. Can you, um, Mark, explain a little bit about what are the typical symptoms you're seeing in people who do have maybe like sick home syndrome from possible mold, mycotoxin, bacterial, endotoxin kind of problems? What are like the most typical symptoms that our audience can begin to identify if this is something they need to look into further? Yeah, you know, I would say this. First off, if you've gone to a doctor and the doctors are telling you, you know what, I'm not seeing any problems that you have, all your blood work, everything else looks to be normal, but you're still having issues. Maybe you're lethargic, right? Because that's the number one thing. You may be having uh, aches and pains throughout your body. These are very common things. You may have uh, brain fog, which is another common thing. Uh, maybe some neurological things, uh, certain people twitching and certain other types of uh things that are that are occurring. So everybody reacts differently in terms of the way that they're going to have certain symptoms that uh, actually comes about. But if you're going to a doctor and that doctor's telling you that they're not finding anything and they're saying that uh, everything seems to be fine, but your body's telling you otherwise, then your body is telling you otherwise and it's something that you need to do more research in. And I would tell you this, that it's more likely than not something's going on within your home. Mm. And what we tell people is that take a staycation. What I mean by that is go somewhere outside your home and see if you start to feel a little bit better. If the symptoms start to relieve itself, then there's tell that's telling you something that something is going on in your home that needs to be basically uh, looked at and done in a manner where it's really in a way that you're going to uncover what's truly going on. Staycation tip. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. If you, if you feel better when you're not in your own home, that might, that's probably a big red flag, everybody. Right. So you gotta bring your partner with you though. That's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they might be the irritant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well then you wouldn't know then, right? I don't know. Oh but maybe God. you would, you're feeling better. I guess you would know. I don't know. But at any rate, that's a good point. You know, oh, uh, 
the 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 other thing that I want to 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 mention, which I think is is really important, is that when you leave your home, right, and you start to to feel better, I think the key thing is is that what you're going to want to do then is that you're going to want to make sure that you talk to your doctors, right, and let them know what's going on and how mm -hmm. you're feeling, and that's where our approach in our labs come really become very very important because yeah. when you start to match up our labs to what could be going on clinically because now right. what you're saying is hey there's certain things going on in our home you guys can now test these these uh, patients of yours in terms of certain types of molds or bacteria or what have you and you can start to match the clinicals with what we're finding in their home and now we're starting to see a link that's there that really gives them an indication that the home was what really was the cause of their issues what an awesome discussion, Mark. Thank you so much for bringing this to the table. Dave, do you have any follow-up questions for Mark right now? No, that's great. Um, I feel a lot smarter about it. Um, I sure do too. I feel like I have to like rethink how we did remediation in our house and talk to my mother-in-law about her hoarding. And <laughs> yeah. And you know, that was really, that was really cool. Uh, like I, I find that really interesting already about the, the uh, dust and the clutter. Yeah. Um, but the bacteria what about, part too, though, that's that was really cool too, but to not surprising, but like, no. cause we, we experience, like, there's a lot of analogies between, uh, like a lot of the, the ways in which, uh, you're talking Mark and the way that, um, us naturopaths sort of work at things, but, um, maybe you could tell us, uh, cause we're up here in Canada. Um, maybe you could tell us where people can reach out to find out more about you or your sister company sure. or, or whatever, yeah. so that they can get some info. Well, uh, the name of my company is The Mole Guy, but uh, my sister company is YesWeInspect.com. You can go online and you can actually get a bunch of information. And we've done a very good job of working with the medical community in terms of being able to provide really good resources of information, not only to be able to identify how to find out whether your home has a problem, but also really remedial steps and other different tools that you can use that you can find on this website that nice. can be very helpful for you. Whether you're in the, US, the United States, whether you're in Canada, these could be really, really good tools for you to use. And we can actually have people that you can call, have a consultation uh, actually via the phone, even do uh, Zoom calls. So there's different things that we can do to help people out, get them to understand uh, how to work with the resources and how those resources could be to their better betterment. Now, the mold guy is specific to <clears throat> California, correct? But you said, yes, right. we, yes, we inspect does deal with greater part of U.S. and does have access in, can in the Canadian market as well, right? That's right. That's Perfect. exactly right. Yeah. And so by using by using the website, I think it's going to be a tremendous resource for you. Um, you know, one thing I'd like to do in terms of stepping back, because you, both you guys talked about how daunting it is when it comes to mold and so forth, and, and how can you help people in terms of your patients? The only thing that I could tell you is that really having them think about certain activities that have gone on in their home. So, uh, for example, asking questions about certain water events or water intrusion issues, or maybe even doing renovation. And when they did the renovation, did they do it in a way where things were kind of left open and things were actually started to put them under exposure, a lot of those questions actually could bring up answers where they may have been uh, 
exposed to certain things that can help guide you guys to helping them even further. So one of the things that I would recommend that you take a look at, I know on the Yes Reinspect site, there's different tools and there's different ways that you can uh, use it where we have questionnaires and so forth that can awesome. help uh, you and guide you through that as well. Awesome nice. resource. And I love that you guys have recommendations for like remediation steps, et cetera. Cause that was my next thing. Cause you guys are really the inspection and then aspect of it. But then after that, there's still the follow through with the remediation, the cleaning up the air quality homes, things like that. And those are other, those are separate steps that are going to have to be done after. So I love that you guys have resources for people to be able to access. So they do it the correct way. Absolutely. You know, we don't do the remediation, but we do provide you with a full guidance roadmap on what you need to do. There may even be certain providers that we can provide you in certain areas throughout the country that could be helpful as a starting point for you to be able to actually do your own due diligence. I would tell you it's very, very important when you're doing your research, understand the companies that you're bringing in to your home ask the pertinent questions. And those questions would be, do you deal with individuals that have health issues? Tell me a little bit about your process as far as how in-depth is your inspection process? What is your uh, process in terms of your sampling strategy? How is that sampling strategy gonna help me understand if I have mold or if it's impacting me from a health perspective? What kind of quality control do you have if you're doing remediation? Who are the guys that are going to be out there? And what are the steps that are going to be required and the methods that are going to be used in making sure that these people are fully certified in the, uh, the method and uh, the proper way of doing remediation? Awesome. And over and over again, I can't overemphasize the fact that you got to be very careful about bringing in just contractors or handymen to start opening things yep. up. Because when that happens, time and time again, we're seeing people become even more sick in mm. terms of the impact of uh, the uh, types of uh, issues that you're dealing with. Awesome. That was like, that was very informative. I appreciate you coming on the show and helping us. Not only myself, I was super fascinated by like, now I'm going to go through my whole house after this is done and start mm -hmm. looking at every nook and cranny. <laughs> 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 but funny. like, I think our, I think our audience will really appreciate this too, because not only do we have practitioners and naturopaths, we just have like just everybody, anybody else, possible patients and just whomever in the audience. And, and like you said, it's probably a lot more common than people realize. And I think it's really good that it's starting to become a topic of conversation. That's becoming a little bit more normalized. It's not just some theory it's, a, it's an actual yeah, right. thing now, and we're starting to address yeah. it and understand how to better address it. So I appreciate you coming on and helping enlighten people on how to better do that as well. Oh, this is, this is my pleasure. I, I think at the end of the day, what's really important is, is that people need to understand that what's really daunting about mold is the unknown, right? Yeah. So when you don't really understand something and you don't really have the different types of, of uh, processes and procedures and guidelines and questions to ask, it becomes very daunting because now you're hearing a lot of horror stories about different things that people had to go through. What we wanna do is that we wanna be able to kind of give you the guidance to do it the right way the first time, as opposed to going through many different types of, of uh, experiences that are gonna be bad experiences for you. And so, you know, 
always remember it's really self-advocacy, knowing what you need to know to take care of the things that are actually gonna need to be done. And when you have that knowledge, it's so powerful and it, it, and it takes away the fear. Right. And so that's the, the real key thing that I would leave with people is that do whatever you can to become more knowledgeable and really work with the guidance of your practitioners and the people that are surrounding you to help you do it in a way that's going to make your home a healthier place to be. Perfect. I think I'll end there because that's a great ending, Mark. Thanks so much to the mold guy. Really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Thank My you, Mark. pleasure. Thank you, guys.